the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show on a Super Bowl weekend. And I know that everybody's already planning for that. We're really glad that you're here with us here this morning and live in studio with us is Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm excited about the Super Bowl. How about you? I am. I am. Super Bowl weekend, you know. Should be a great game. Boy, I tell you, if the uh, Super Bowl is anything like all the playoff games were leading up to it. <laughs> we're in for a treat tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, that would be a lot of fun to see something come right down to the wire. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's your Absolutely. pick? Who's your pick? You know, I don't have a dog in the race. No so dog. I just want to see a really good game. I I, 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 I like people on both teams. It sounds like a politically correct statement. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, 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 I like players on both teams i think there's great stories behind uh uh, players on both teams and so you know i was going to take whoever you had and i was going to do the opposite of it just so we could have a little bit of rivalry there but that's probably smart to do i mean i can't do that probably smart to do no not at all not at all (laughs) who do you like well like i said i'm I'm with you too i don't have a dog and pony or horse racing in anything anything else there you go whatever you you said Hey, you know, you know, um, uh, real quick, uh, what is it? The, a Super Bowl ad now. Oh my this, goodness! Tomorrow, here's the deal. Okay, here's the. I got the solution. All right. Mm. The uh, it's it's running between five point two and seven million dollars, depending on how many seconds you have your commercial up for tomorrow's game. Which wow. Is, just huge numbers if you think about it. Pocket change for Bob Jones over there. That's there all. you go. And then the ticket prices, you know, for for some seats are around seven grand. Holy you moly! Know? Uh, I heard so you say chicken money, wings were Lots expensive. of money being spent, but <laughs> to watch it at home <laughs> with your smoked chicken wings, prices. There you go. Right there, there you, you go. go yeah. Right, that's the deal. So thought that would be a lot of fun today. So, but. Um, you know, hey, and and I, I was told, I didn't see it, but I was told men's hockey won 
uh, last night uh, beat beat the Canadians, which was kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. in the Olympics. So so fa- fantastic! Congratulations there. Hey, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. It is open mic Saturday, and I'm sure there's a lot on everybody's minds out there with what's going on in the markets, the economy, the Fed, interest rates, geopolitical risks, all kinds of things. It's open mic Saturday. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 with any of your financial planning, investment questions, the stock market, inflation, uh, you know, just whatever's going on in your mind, your investments, estate planning, mortgages, housing market, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Again, open mic Saturday, no holes barred. Give us a ring. We want to continue to deliver education, financial planning education to y'all. And, uh, you know, let's just jump right into it, Chris. On Thursday, we got consumer prices. You know, they were estimated to come out. At 7.3%, they came out slightly higher at 7.5%, okay? Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a devastating number by any means at all. <clears throat> it wasn't a disaster number. The markets actually sold off pre-market as a result of it. And then early morning actually came back pretty strong. All the indices were up. They were green. They were doing pretty well. And then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, Federal Reserve Bank St. Louis, uh, James Bullard, came out and said Thursday afternoon that he'd like to see 100 basis points hikes by July. Well, between now and July, the Fed's going to meet three times. So that means one of those meetings could get a 50, 50 basis point hike. Wow. And that's what turned the market on Thursday and then again on Friday, okay? And so <clears throat> the deal here is this, is... Will the Fed overshoot? Will the Fed tighten the economy enough to bring rates? I'm I'm sorry. Will the Fed tighten the economy enough to ease the pricing pressures so inflationary pressures start to subside a little bit and start to trickle down without slowing us enough to tilt us into an economy? I mean, into a recession, the economy. And so that's what the game is. That's what's going on right now. And that's what the market pundits are all taking a look at is trying to figure out, can the Fed navigate this soft landing? Or are they going to tilt us into a recession, right? And the answer to that, TBD, to be determined. We're going to know later. So we think that the inflation numbers are going to continue to climb through April or May. And then we'll start to see them subside and come back down. Now, when people are talking about the inflation numbers coming back down, we're talking about them coming down from the peak, not coming back down, you know, rock bottom to where prices were pre-pandemic. That's not the case at all. But they will start to subside down. You know, as I mentioned before, inflation will come down one of two ways. Either naturally, when supply equals demand, we get to equilibrium, or the Fed acts, and now the Fed is acting. So that's what's going on right now. So we'll have to wait and see what the Fed says mid-March at their next meeting and see what it looks like, you know? I was going to ask you a question, because the you know if the economy is doing what it's doing, and I mean, you see all boats do things, they... It, we're going to see housing prices because of the uh, because the interest rates are going to start going. It's going to price us out. Housing prices are so high right now, and <clears> if the, the interest idea. rate goes up, also then that's the idea. What's the what you know? That's part of the equation, Chris. What's the number one multiplying effect in the economy? A house. Yeah. Look at everything that goes into the cost of a house: labor, taxes, carpeting, 
paint, metal, wood, steel, iron, you know, whatever it may be, right? All that is a multiplying effect throughout the economy. And if all of a sudden housing starts to slow down, then you have a multiplying effect throughout mm. the economy slowing down and and prices start to start to come back down. Now we have something interesting this time in the inflation narrative that we haven't seen before and that is supply chains. And we also have a higher quit rate too. And we all know that the supply chains are still struggling. But you know, lo looking at all the research, it's actually showing that they're they're going to, going to be improving. Now, you also take a look at the quit rate. What is that That rate? What is it's it? the rate that people are quitting their jobs. They're oh. quitting for a oh, couple of reasons. Rate. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, they're, they're quitting for a couple of reasons. But what's interesting here is you take a look at the baby boom generation, you know, roughly 1946 through 1964, okay? And you're starting the, – the pandemic actually gave an opportunity for a whole bunch of extra people to retire and not come back to the workforce. Uh -huh. That's part of the problem too. And now you're starting to see more baby boomers walk out and go, you know what, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just gonna retire. I don't like the pace of, of work that's going on right now. And it's time for me just to sort of pull back a little bit. So we're starting to see excess numbers retire in the workforce. The generation behind the baby boomers is a lot smaller in size. So there's not a lot of people driving it there. So. So that's playing into the inflation role as well. And, and you know, it's going to get behind us. And I will tell you this. I've got data here that we're going to go over as soon as we uh, take, take, the, take our first break on the other side of the break talking about it all. You know, but we're also seeing bonds all around the world start to move up. We're starting to see interest rates climb all around the globe, okay? Uh, we're starting to see other nations start to raise interest rates or tighten their economies a little bit. Some are. Some aren't as much. just all depends. It's more of a, a national thing as to what's going on in their domestic economies around the globe. Um, you know, so we also have, you know, what, what else is going on besides inflation? Corporate earnings. Corporate earnings are still coming in fantastically strong. You know, you take a look at blended earnings. We've got about 72% of uh, the S&P 500 companies that have reported so far. And, and uh, blended, re er, blended earnings are running at 30.3% positive, with sales rising 15.3% compared to the same quarter a year ago. So corporate America is doing fantastic. Just because the stock market is pulling back a little bit right now doesn't mean that companies stop innovating, doesn't mean that companies stop growing, stop creating, start, start improving, stop improving on their market share. They don't. They continue to, 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 to do this. Biden administration also just says that it's going to concentrate the first phase of the infrastructure bill that was passed. Uh, they're going to start pushing out $5 billion nationwide on electric vehicle charging stations. You know, they're going to do interstate highways first before they move into urban and, and rural areas. So we're going to start seeing that come into the system as well. You know, and then, and then, you know, of course, we've got the big elephant in the room right now, geopolitical risks. What's going on over there mm. in Russia with, with uh, Ukraine and everything like that, you know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that, too. So there's a lot of tensions going on and things like that. And so we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about what we should be doing, uh, where this ball is moving to. You know, Wayne Gretzky always said, you know, he likes to skate to where the puck's going to be. <laughs> and that's where we need to go. We need to take a look at where this market's going to be, where this economy is going to be, 
and, uh, you know, try and give some parameters as to when it's going to get there. So, hey, let's take a quick break here. Let's open up our phone lines. Give us a call this morning with any of your financial planning or investment questions. That's 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. If you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal, just about anything today you'll talk to him about, won't you, Larry? Sure, we can talk about sports, whatever you want, Chris. <laughs> Markets, economy. There you go. Whatever's on your mind. How there to string a guitar, whatever's going on. Can you right? do that? Can you string a guitar? I can string a guitar, yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, so let's talk a little bit about attitudes and money, right? You know, Matthew, verse uh, chap- uh, in the Bible, Matthew, in chapter 6, verse 24, says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, well, he would be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth at the same time, right? <clears throat> and what's going on in the marketplace? We're getting a lot of emotions right now happening in the marketplace. You know, when you take a look at, 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 at the stock market and you look at the e- e- emotional in- investors' roller coaster ride, it starts off with optimism, moves to excitement, thrill, euphoria. You know, when you get to a euphoria on the chart, that's your maximum potential for financial risk. And then for whatever reason, there's a triggering event, and the markets start to turn over. <clears throat> You're in denial, anxiety, fear, depression, panic. You get all the way down to the bottom, to despondency. You know, when there's fear in the streets, that's when you're at the point where you have the maximum financial opportunity. 
because things have pulled back so low, the markets will turn, they will change, and they will come back again, right? It's just a matter of what's, what needs to happen. So you take a look at what's going on now, what are the methods to get it fixed, what's the average length of time to get it fixed. That gives you some sort of an idea when it comes back to it there. So, so a lot of people make big mistakes. We talked about this last week on the show. You know, the S&P's done 8 9% over a period of time. The average investor's done around 2 because they get in and out, especially when you take a look at <clears throat> don't miss the 10 best days in the market. Now, the latest data we have here is through March 31st, 2020, but from 1980, January 1st of 1980 through March 31st of 2020, the, the 2021 numbers just aren't out yet. If you had invested $10,000 and stayed invested that entire time, you'd end up with about $697,000. If you missed the five best trading days, you'd end up with $432,000. If you missed the 10 days, the 10 best days over that f almost 40-year period of time, you'd end up with $313,000, 50% less than if you just stayed invested. You know, and 100% of the time, 100% of the time that the markets have always had a pullback, they have always reached a new market high. So make sure that your portfolios are designed to deliver the income you need today, from a reliable source that's not getting bounced around in this marketplace and you still have money in your portfolios for the longer-term perspective of things. And let me tell you something, too. If you're putting money into this market each month right now, keep buying. Keep buying at these prices because you're going to have an incredible opportunity for growth when the market comes back. Let's welcome Sonia on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Sonia. How are you today? Good morning. Fine. Thank you. How can I help you? Oh, my question was, um, I'm you know, 65 years old, and I brought home a home before and sold it, and I want to know if it's a good investment for me to buy another home. Well, Sonia, you know, real estate is definitely an asset class, and it just depends on what your time frame is and, and what price you get on that on that home. You know, prices are very high right now as far as real estate goes, and the question becomes this. How long are they going to keep climbing? If you bought a new home today and you're using it not for shelter, not for a place to raise your family or to be with kids or grandkids or whatever the case may be, but if you're looking at it for an investment standpoint, then you have to ask the question, are you willing to pay these prices today and how long are prices going to continue to climb before you can sell this property again? Because remember, you've got cost buying it and cost selling it. You've got to net all that out. So from the standpoint right. of buying a new home today, as compared to what else you're doing with your other investments, you know, I'd sit down and take a look at it, uh, you know, from, from, from the standpoint of maybe it's not the best time to buy it and, and, and flip it around right now. On the other hand, as long as these prices keep climbing month after month, it does give you an opportunity. Sooner or later, that opportunity slows down a little bit more, right? So, so be very cautious about that. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. It's 855-767-3123.
with any of your financial planning, investment, state planning questions, whatever the case may be. You know, I had some interesting conversations this week with, with some people, and I was talking about this earlier, keep buying. And they're like, what do you mean keep buying? You know, uh, especially people that are putting money into the market now. It's just a wonderful time because you end up getting an average price per share when you put money in on the same incremental time each month. It's called dollar cost averaging, whether it's monthly, biweekly, whatever it may be, especially if you're putting money into your retirement plans, your 401K plans, the government TSP, wherever it is that you're putting your dollars in as far as retirement goes. Because, you know, if you liked the stock prices in December last year, you'd probably love them right now in February this year simply for the buying type of an opportunity. So make sure that you still keep buying. Stay in. Okay, this it's it's, you know, rebalance, uh, but don't miss the recovery when it comes. You know, and, and, and I'm telling you, people are probably going, what are you talking about recovery? You know, there's more bad news out there than we've seen in a long, long time. And I know, I know. I just want to make sure that everybody is aware of down the road. Make sure that you don't cash out and then miss the recovery and go back in when, quote, unquote, you feel it's safe again. That's the point. Okay, that is the point on this. That's how you can hurt yourself. You know. I want to change the subject real quick and talk about some taxes when it comes to investing. And there's a difference between the taxation on the distribution of IRA money, traditional pre-tax IRA, Roth distributions, and then non-IRA money when you pull the dollars out. And, And so the conversation comes up like this a lot of times, you know, what's going on in your in your non IRA accounts? Right when you go to make a sale, if you put let's say two hundred thousand dollars in and it's worth three hundred thousand today, and you decide, hey, I'm going to sell out of that, you got a capital gains tax on that one hundred thousand dollars, right? If you put money into a traditional IRA at two hundred thousand dollars, and it's now worth three hundred thousand dollars as well, you pull the dollars out, you pull that, or pull all the money out. Now you've got to pay tax on all three hundred thousand of it because the 200,000 was never taxed before. But here's the question that 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 um, a lot of people are asking out there because there is some confusion with this. And it 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 goes to our heirs, to our beneficiary forms, to our wills, to our trust, to who's going to get these dollars. And we've talked about this before on the show when we've done it in a whole estate planning modules and things like that. But now let's take a look and break this down. If you're passing IRA money on, not Roth, but traditional IRA money on to a non-spousal beneficiary, and they receive those dollars, what is their tax scenario? Remember, you put $200,000 into your pre-tax IRA. It's now worth $300,000, okay? What is the tax scenario on that money to that beneficiary? And the answer is... It's 100% taxable, the entire $300,000. Now, there are rules on how they can pull it out and delay it and things like that. We're not going to get into all that. But I want to point out to you this. If you had a non-IRA account, okay, and you put that same $200,000 into it, and it grows to $300,000, and now you pass, and it goes to a spouse or even, in this case, a non-spousal beneficiary, how is that $300,000 taxed to that heir? And the answer is it's not. 
it all goes tax-free. You've already paid $200,000 on the principal you invested, and that growth of the $100,000 receives what's called a stepped-up basis. It receives stepped-up in basis. So there's no taxation on that $100,000 that passes to, to, that, to that heir. They get a step-up on it. Now, the heir can sell the entire account and walk away tax-free. If the heir keeps the account, any growth attributable to the day after you pass, that money becomes taxable at capital gains. But that $100,000 growth is tax-free to them. So then how do you, how do you go about what is the, the waterfall of events in a non-IRA account that brings these dollars to that non-spousal beneficiary that you want the money to go to? Well, if you don't name a beneficiary to that account, and unfortunately, this is a blind spot that a lot of people have. They don't name a next beneficiary to a non-IRA account. So if your spouse passes, you have the money, what happens? People go, it'll go according to my will. Yes, it will. Will that money still receive the tax treatment of a stepped-up basis? Yes, it will. But it gets kind of messy because anything that's inside your will has to go through probate, which is simply the court's distribution process to pass assets on. But you can attach a beneficiary form to that. It's called a TOD, a transfer on death account. And now that asset will go directly to that heir. It'll avoid probate and go directly to the heir. Still receives a stepped-up basis, which is wonderful, so there's no taxes. In addition to that, if you wanted to control how that money was distributed, maybe over time or, or uh, incentives inside of it, you know, incentives attached to it, you know, college graduation, starting a new business, getting married, a down payment on a home, whatever it may be, you can attach a cent incentives to it by putting it into a trust because the TOD form will immediately distribute the assets to the heirs 100%. But if it goes into a trust, then the heirs also receive that same preferential tax treatment of a stepped-up basis in value. And now the language that you decided to put into the trust will dictate the distribution, either immediately or over time. And so my point is this, is that there's a lot of questions these days because there is talk about uh, getting rid of this rule. This rule is not gone. It is still there. It's alive and well, okay? You can still receive stepped-up basis in value on your non-IRA accounts, and that's a very important thing when it comes to planning. I've seen many, many people say, well, this account, this non-IRA account, I want it to go to my grandkids. So these are people that are in retirement years. <clears throat> they might not need all of the money or, or a great part of it or any of it in this particular account, and they actually have it invested towards the goals of their young grandkids. So it's kind of growth-oriented if you stop and think about it. And their desire is to keep this thing growing and one day knowing it's going to pass on down the road to the, to the grandkids uh, you know, on a tax-free basis. So, hey, let's welcome Carol on the line from Texas. Good morning, Carol. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, I just my, way back when I believe it was 2008 when the market went way down. My husband and I bought stocks at a very cheap price, and we can't find any of the paperwork that we have on that. And when we called the original people that we bought it from, they said that it was sold to E Trade, and they believe E Trade is 
since sold to somebody else. How do we go about finding out who has these and what we actually have in the market? There's a I mean, couple we of know what we purchase, but we don't we don't have any information for that. And since we're trying to plan, get everything, all our ducks in a row for our kids, when something happens to us. We need to know where these things are. I understand. I understand. And in 2012, let me tell you this, some good news here, and then I'll give you a little bit of a roadmap to go back and investigate on it. In 2012, uh, a rule came out that said your custodian, which are some of the firms you named, have to start carrying your cost basis. Okay? So for any transactions you have on your statements from 2012, they have records of it. They have to carry it. But the issue is before that, it was up to you as the taxpayer to figure it out, right? So it is on your statements if you can pull those original statements out. It's there, all right? Uh, the, The second thing is if you take a look at your tax return from back then, if you still have it, it may show some dividends. And you could do some some reverse engineering to figure out what your prices was or approximate prices right then and there, okay? That's the best way to start looking at it from, from that standpoint. If you remember what you bought and when you bought it, you can simply go on Yahoo and do a, do a price search, uh, you know, in the finance section or, or any, any website there and, and pull down the price then if you, if you know what the date was. The problem is is all the dividends throughout the years, you're not going to be able to, to, to do that unless you have your statements. Um, Let's see. We've not received any statements. We've never received anything. I mean, if my so did you automatically sign up for online distribution of your statements? I you have, have to no have idea. a statement. It's either going to be snail mailed to you or it's going to be available online at the custodian. Okay, uh, they they have to give you a statement of it all to for, for reporting purposes. So that's that's where it may be. So if where is where is it held now? I don't know. That's nobody can tell me who's got it. You said E-Trade earlier. Is that do you think is? Do the, you have? Do you ha- so so? You're not getting any communication on the stocks that you own. Exactly. Do you get a 1099 form? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean the best thing I could do is maybe have someone from our office give you a ring and talk and and explain to you how to talk to a transfer agent at the different custodians. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I, I, I don't know. If you have no records of anything, then I would not know really where to start. But there's got to be, if, if you own it, if you still own it, there has to be a record somewhere. And you have to be getting 1099s on it, or you have to be getting a statement somehow, things like that. You can also check with your state on missing assets. Uh, each state has a department. I don't even know the name of it. Uh, you're in Texas. Um, but you can contact the state and see if there's any missing assets uh, that they couldn't find you for some reason. Maybe you moved or something happened. I don't know. Change your driver's license number. I, I, I'm not sure, but you can contact your state on that. But if you like here, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and I'll have Bob get your contact information, and we'll have somebody try and give you a call to help step you through the different custodians and, 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 and 
talk to the, the transfer agents and things like that. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or your investment questions at all. We're going to take a quick break. We'll keep these phone lines open. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof make sure your insurance is aligned properly make sure you have the right types of homeowners auto umbrella disability long-term care life insurance just to name a few financial planning starts with a firm foundation and that foundation is your insurance then take a look at your cash flow are you able to save money save it in the proper places retirement planning traditional iras traditional 401k plans roth iras make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123 is the number to call if you'd like to talk to Larry right now here in studio. You can also, if you'd like to, jump on to LarryRosenthal.tv and watch us here in person. Larry? Yeah, right on YouTube. A lot of fun. YouTube, yeah. YouTubers. Yeah, there you go. Um, Hey, I know a lot of people always have questions on what I was just talking about with the non-qualified stepped-up basis. If you want to get some information on all that, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and fire us off an email and just ask for the basics in estate planning kit. It's going to go over wills and trust and stepped-up basis and, and different tools and techniques like that. Or give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be happy to send you out our estate planning kit. And we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit as well. We have sent out thousands of these over the years, and it gives you a good inventory opportunity on where you are, what's going on, draws a line in the sand and basically says, you know, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? Gives you alternatives to think about, talks about your goals, time frames, risk tolerance, tax scenarios, all of that kind of stuff there. So, Chris, let's talk about a dirty word. How's that sound? <laughs> Four-letter word? That's, you know, I heard a lot of those in my lifetime. I'll make some of the people happy about this, some of the people not happy about it, right? If you're going to cuss it on live depends, radio, let it, me know so I can hit the button here. It depends on your presupposition. It depends on your pre-attitude about this word, right? Pre-attitude. Okay, yes, okay. yes, yes. Here we go. Let's just jump right into the weeds here. Yeah, so, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared here. Yep. So. There are advised, financial advisors out there that, 
only use these types of tools, and there are financial advisors out there that do not at all use these types of tools. And then there are financial advisors out there that sometimes use these types of tools, depending on the needs of the clients. And that word is an annuity. Ooh. An annuity. We're going to talk about the power of annuities in down markets today a little bit. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. You know, what's the primary investment objective of an annuity? Income, right? Guarantee, that's exactly right. It's to guarantee a minimum amount of income for life, you and your spouse, whatever the case may be, right? That's what the deal is, okay? So so what's the what type of annuities, what's the value of them, how do they work in a down market like this if you're pulling income out, you know? Well, before we do that, let's go ahead and bring some of these callers on that have been waiting here for, for a minute, I just noticed. Let's welcome Rich on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you uh, for taking the call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Um, um, my uh, daughter and her significant other are in their 30s. They're planning on getting married and uh, purchasing a house uh, here very shortly. And one of the questions um, we have been discussing is the efficacy of some kind of life insurance um, to help protect each other, and we were in some discussion about um, term versus whole life versus variable life, and uh, we were looking for some guidance as to what kind of product uh, to purchase under those circumstances. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's a good conversation to have, and yes, they should have life insurance, okay? Uh, the amounts are to be determined, right? Um, the based off of their financial needs, based off of the amount of debt that, that they're going to have with the home, based off the percentage of income they have, based off of if they want to have kids one day down the road. There's a whole little formula of a checklist that I can go through with you that, that will, will set up the approximate amounts that they should have. The next question becomes what type, term or permanent? And on the permanent side, there's a handful of products that you mentioned, variable life, uh, index life, you know, whole life, universal life, all those types of things. And the <clears throat> cash value crediting to those policies are all based off of different things. The variable life policies, they give, you know, a market-based solution. They have sub-accounts that act like mutual funds in them, and they can grow your cash value substantially or not, depending on what's selected and what type of, uh, and what's going on in the marketplace, Right. Then you have to take a look at a guaranteed policy where you might get a small amount of cash value in it, but the policy is guaranteed, never to lapse. You never have to worry about it, whereas a lot of your cash value-sensitive policies, universal life, index universal life, variable lives, uh, you know, those types of policies, the – guarantee of the death benefit sometimes is dependent upon how much cash value is in that policy. And remember, as as someone ages, the internal cost of the insurance goes up every single year. So you could have a policy that's performing phenomenally well in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, only to get to your 70s and your 80s, and all of a sudden it's not doing so well, you may have to start putting more money into it. So you need to take a look at sort of a a scenario here of taking care of their income protection needs today, and that might be with term insurance depending on 
what, how much their income can afford. But remember, term insurance, you can always convert it into any one of those types of policies. So it's important to shop for the insurance company to make sure that they have the right term conversion into universal or whole life or whatever it may be for you down the road. And then there's what we would call, a, you know, like a term perm blend also, Rich, where maybe they get a portion of it cash value today, which will stay with them forever, and a portion of it term insurance. So really, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a fun case to do some case design on, sit down, take a look at their needs, their cash flow, um, their debts, and all that kind of stuff, and then look at the different types of policies. But when it comes to your permanent insurance policies, um, we do a lot of shopping with a lot of different companies based off a lot of those factors that I just talked about. So make sure you get educated on this stuff, okay? If you want, we'll be happy to send you out some different types of, of programs that, that can give you some food for thought on all of that, okay? Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, this, is, uh, this has been very helpful. Uh, I, I very much appreciate the feedback. and um, Absolutely. I, I think well, it will be helpful to no, – I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but my – my, um, I know uh, my, my kids will be glad to know that you think it's valuable to have this life insurance and it's a matter of picking through some of these options. Exactly. That's exactly correct. And so I'll tell you what, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week and sort of go through the insurance scenario and give you some ideas and stuff like that that's more pertinent to their situation, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Leslie on the line. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Good morning. Fine. yourself? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. I wanted to see if you were able to explain the um, W-4 form. It seems like some people are not able to explain that form. I mean, I went through it, I read it, I did the instructions as far as, you know, trying to calcul calculate what you want withheld, but it does not say anything about the exemptions. I know they changed that. That's about what they could tell me is that the exemption part of it was changed. But I'm just wondering how does, when they take the taxes out, how do they know to still take it out based on those exemptions? Well, you just put there. the exemptions down on your form, and then it goes when whoever's doing your payroll sees how many exemptions you're claiming on the W-4 form, and they have a little chart. And that's how much they take out or don't take out. So I, I had had it in there like years ago. I didn't change anything. But the one thing I did notice when I did um, – I did. I changed my federal holdings to um, just. I didn't have to do that much. Just like ten dollars more, and and they took out two hundred dollars instead of ten dollars. And I did the same thing for state. State came out fine. Federal. Well, there must have been a mistake something. made. You need to contact your HR department on that. Okay, there must have been some sort oh, of mistake. Oh, so that was a mistake. Yeah, there must have okay. been a mistake. I, you know. It, you can always contact them and, and, and change your exemptions around. So give your HR department a phone call, and they can explain to you how they go about doing it. That's really the best answer oh. as far as that oh, goes. Oh, okay. So, 
Yep. All right. Okay, Appreciate the phone call. Absolutely. You have a okay, great weekend. You. you listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's bring Mary on the line from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Great. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. Um, my question is, um, <clears throat> me and my husband have achieved um, owning a few properties, paying off our mortgage. We own a uh, plumbing, heating, air business. And we are now financially free, and we do have a lump sum of cash. And my question is, like, we don't even know where to begin to start having that money make money for us. You know, that's my biggest concern. We have this fear that, you know, someone is going to, you know, if we try to invest, someone's going to steal from us. We don't know where to go with it. We just know that, you know, we're still working hard, but everything's just sitting in a savings account. besides the properties that we own. So so here's the deal, Mary, on this, uh, and that's a great question. First of all, you've got money sitting in the bank safe and secure from loss. I want you to end up, at the end of the story, I want you to still have money sitting in the bank safe and secure, okay? Mm-hmm. But the money that's sitting in bank accounts today is not keeping pace with taxes and inflation long term. So you need to have Mm -hmm. three to six months worth of living expenses sitting in the bank, okay? That's what Mm -hmm. you need to have, right? Mm -hmm. Then we need to take a look at your goals. What are your goals? We just don't want to invest this money haphazardly, no matter how big or little it is. We just don't want to start throwing it into the stock market willy-nilly with no game plan in place. We need to sit down and talk about what your goals are, what your time frame is, what your tax situation is. I need to show you charts that explains to you risk, you know, how much risk do you want to have? I've, I've seen people many times, uh, Mary, they'll say, yeah, I want to be a risky investor, you know, and they start and they say, yeah, I'm, I, I got a lot of risk and blah, blah, blah. And I look at their accounts and I go, there's not a lot of risk in here. Remember, I'm familiar with the entire spectrum from conservative to very risky, right? And so I need right. to teach you and your husband that so that you understand and then show you models on different risk levels on what would happen so that you're comfortable. Because when you put money into the markets, it does go up and down, right? Okay? Right. And, and that's the idea is the longer I mean, view. I, I'm, watching, I'm watching the markets. I know a little bit, but not, not enough. And we're at the age where we, you know, we don't want to take a risk. We want to make sure we can retire comfortably and be taken care of. So we're, and that's you know, the, we're not in taking big risks. <laughs> right, and that's the next stage of this conversation. You hit the nail right on the head, which is basically, okay, we need to back into what does your retirement look like? When do you want to retire? Right. What are your estimated mm-hmm. expenses for retirement? What are the mm-hmm. opportunities for income that's going to be coming in? Maybe Social Security. doesn't sound like you have a pension, but two Social Securities, right? So we take a look at mm-hmm. Social Security coming in. Then we take a look at mm-hmm. your estimated monthly expenses. And that's when we can say, okay, this is the next step, which is this is going to design the investments. Because if the financial plan basically says, hey, look, you need to earn 5% in order to accomplish your goals, then why do you want to take the risk of earn, trying to earn 10? Because if the market moves against you, you could actually lose some of those dollars, right? Okay. 
So you want to take a look at backing in what your income needs are and make sure those income is coming from reliable, tax-efficient sources. So so it's something we do all the time. It'll start with our financial planning toolkit. I'll be happy to have somebody reach out to you next week and, and sort of get break it down a little bit more, and we can start showing you some, some ideas and educating you and your husband on what's the best course for you all to do this, okay? That would be love. That would be wonderful. Um, we have some rental income coming in as well, so yeah, absolutely. If we yeah, so you've got sources already. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. sources already. You've got Social Security, rental income. You've got a lot of passive income coming in, which is wonderful news. That takes the mm-hmm. pressure off of investment returns as well, right? Uh, right. That it, I totally it, makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. So you think about it in, 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 in a in a very simple way. Let's say your your income needs are, are, are five thousand a month, okay, and you have three thousand a month coming in, and now you have a pile of money sitting in the bank. We need to we need to fill that gap, right? And Wonderful. that's the way yep. that's the way we need to take a look at it. Mary, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna put you on hold. Bob will get get your contact information from you in just a moment. We'll have mm-hmm. someone reach out to you next week. Set up a time, mm-hmm. and then we'll start giving some education on all this, okay? That would be wonderful. Thank you, Larry, so much. You have a Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Mark on the line from South Carolina. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I have a possible, I think they're called viatical settlement, uh, selling a, a, an old term policy that's coming up for annual renewal. And uh, I just wanted to know if this goes through and, and this company buys my life insurance policy for any amount of money, <clears throat> are those proceeds tax- taxable? That is a good question because the death benefit proceeds from term life insurance are completely tax-free, but you're actually selling an asset that you own. So I believe that there's going to be some taxes over your cost basis of what you put into it for the years. But, you know, that's uh, that's really a CPA question because the people buying the policy are going to receive the money tax-free should something happen to you, but you're just selling an asset. So I, I do believe that it's going to be taxable over your cost basis that you put in. Now, if it was a whole life, I know that you would have to pay taxes on anything that's exceeding the cash values inside of it. But there are no cash values in permanent insurance. I mean, in term insurance. Excuse me. So I would say it would have to go to your cost basis. So what you're saying is, I understand. This. It's coming up on the 20th year. I've, I've put quite a bit of premium in, so it may be taxed on the amount above the premium I put in. That would be my guess. You know, I mean, I, I don't do taxes, so and I'm not trying to give tax advice. I'd recommend talking to a tax preparer to ask that question. But what's the length of your term policy? It's a 20-year term. It's convertible to the very end, and it, and it comes up for renewal in March of this year. Well, that's very interesting to me that they would be considered buying it um, at this particular stage. Well, I, I, think, that, I think the way it works is uh, they have you convert it so yeah. they know their premium won't change. But the problem is you really have to be at end of life. I mean, I'm not really in their demographics. I've got serious health problems, but I'm not 70 or 80. You know, I'm in my mid-50s. But I just wondered because they still may make a, a 10% 
offer, which would be you know, substantial. It's a, it's a fairly large policy. Well, then, then I would talk to your tax preparer, and I would also talk to them, too. They know these tax rules on that, okay? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Good luck with that, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We've got to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with more of your calls. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Appreciate you listening, 855-767-3123. Just a few minutes you left here in the show, but if you'd like to dial in, Larry will stay a little bit afterwards here on YouTube, right, Larry? Yeah, I will, Chris. Um, you know, we were talking before those last callers got on the line, we were talking about annuities and the riders on annuities and the income protection design of these annuities and things like that, right? So, again, there's advisors that, that only use annuities, there's advisors that never use annuities, and there's advisors that sometimes use annuities depending on what the client's needs and goals and objectives are, right, and what the client's risk levels are. But, you know, in an annuity, you can actually have money. Let's suppose that you have um, – I don't know, $500,000 sitting inside of an annuity and and the market drops maybe 20% down to $400,000, but you might have an income protection benefit of maybe $700,000 on that annuity. And if that annuity has a, a protected rider of, let's say, 5%, in a traditional investment, you'd be pulling 5% off of 400000 which is twenty grand a year. But in an annuity protected rider, you'd be pulling five percent off of the seven hundred thousand, which is thirty-five thousand a year. Now, a lot of times, in order to get to that point, it's more expensive. But the purpose of it is to protect in down markets such as this right now on your income. How do you protect in down markets to drive your income without an annuity? Is another question, and that is the the line, the investment, you know, if your investment portfolio, let's say, has 10 positions in it, just to do math easy, 
maybe position two, three, and four don't have a lot of fluctuation to it, and you're able to pull money out from a steady eddy type of a source. So, you know, we're running out of time here. I've got music in my ears. We've just got a few seconds left on the show. We've got callers on the line. I'll ask you all to stay on. I'll stay in, in studio after uh, we get off the, the radio here in, in just a moment. But um, uh, we'll, we'll pick this up next week. We'll talk more about it. There's a lot to discuss in these protection income vehicles as far as all that goes. So, hey, for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Making Money Sense Show, Larry Rosenthal Show. And between now and then, if you want to give us a call at 855-ROSE-123, do, do so. I'll stay in line uh, on in studio. You can go check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and follow us right here. We'll stay on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv. Have a wonderful week and enjoy the Super Bowl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.